I've often wondered and perhaps even a time or two been envious of Enoch and Elijah. Both had this privilege of leaving, of being lifted out of this world. Enoch walked with God and God took him and Elijah, he gets whisked away by a whirlwind, flaming chariot and all. He, he just kind of gets to escape, the escape hatch gets pulled or that, you know, gets parachuted out of here, whatever you want to say. They get, they get to leave, but it would seem like for the rest of us, God sees fit that we are gifted with the blessing of staying. Well, here we are. And it's, <clears throat> it's this longing that we have for what we've never seen. It's being homesick for somewhere where we've never been. It's this waiting until we pass through the threshold of life to live where we will never die that grasps our attention and brings this contrast in our spirit, this conflict that we walk with when we acknowledge it and when we're aware of it, that this world is not our home. We really are just passing through. That, <clears throat> that it's that opportunity that God presents to us that, that we don't have to stay here and that this isn't the end all be all, but that we are going somewhere. And it's heaven above and it's earth below. It's God's throne and it's God's footstool. And while it may appear that we are forever divided, don't get God wrong. God has brought separation, but God is the God of distinction. He is the God of separation. But everything works together in conjunction. Everything works together in collaboration. In, in Scripture, we, we find that the words heaven and earth are connected. That, as a matter of fact, that phrase you'll find 31 times in Scripture and often connected to the God of heaven and earth. Heaven and earth aren't <clears throat> two Opposites, they are divinely connected. They have this divine connection attached to them. And so while we are stuck here on earth, we have the promise that heaven is awaiting. And if we take a moment and we look at Genesis 1, we see that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The explanation of that creation occurs after that first verse, but God in his divine wisdom and he ordains from the very beginning that we have the understanding that there's two locations. There are heaven and earth. The Bible goes on to say this. It says, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. His spirit is still moving. And God is not intimidated by the void. He's not intimidated by the void that was. And he's not intimidated by the void that is. He's not deterred by the darkness. As a matter of fact, God still looks at our world and steps on the scene and brings uniform to those without form. When you've been broken, he starts moving to bring you back together. The bruised are his specialty. He begins to move in people just like that. God still works now the way that he did then. When God looks at our world, we may as well just pause for a moment and just, just celebrate it for a minute that, that God's spirit still moves in the midst of a world that's in a mess. The, the, world, the world is looking more formless and more void as day 
by day goes on, but we can still go back to the very beginning and say in that moment, in those seasons, God is about to move. Get ready for it because the worse things appear, the greater the attraction God has for that thing, that, that this world that we're living in, every headline may point in the wrong direction, but God says that's where I want to show up and bring direction. God still moves in the midst of darkness and in the midst of formlessness and in the midst of void. I'm thankful tonight. I, I feel his presence tonight. God came to help us in this service. He's always working on our behalf in this place right now. I don't know what it is that may be out of order. I don't know if it's something emotionally or something physically or something financially. Maybe it's something in your family. Maybe it's something in your workplace. I don't know. But here's what I do know is that when everything seems like it's flying apart, God said, let me step in and begin to bring things back together. Let me begin to bring order. In the midst of chaos, God shines in moments just like that. And, and sometimes it, it's all that happening, but we've got to acknowledge that God is ready to work. The darkness, it was there. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God, God looked at the darkness. He, he knew that it, that wasn't good. But God said he saw the light and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And, and I paused here while I was studying to reflect on that word. Because when you know God the way that we know him, he's one. He, he's not divided. He, he's not separate. He, as a matter of fact, he manifested his presence in, in human form. He, he didn't divide himself up. He didn't separate himself. He is God and God alone. And so understanding that about God, I, 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 I paused on that word. I got, I got hitched up on God dividing. And I, and I just began to think about that. The darkness was there. It preexisted light. But God's good creation required separation. God's good. He saw the light that it was good. And so God divided the light from the darkness. He, he didn't divide his creation. As a matter of fact, we, we don't have to look very far to see that it's not good to divide God's creation. Just think Adam bomb. When we try and bring division to at an atomic level, we bring destruction and, and chaos and there's just explosive reactions. To division. God doesn't intend for division to occur, but, but when you see that in the study, it says that the darkness, God saw that it was dark and he created the light, but he didn't allow his light to coexist with darkness. He brought that separation. He brought that division. And, and I just want to remind us tonight that, that God's good creation still requires separation. That when our lives <clears throat> come into contact with our world, that we may live in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. I, I, don't, I think it just bears repeating and, and sometimes just acknowledging is that, that we, we are not of this world. That God, that we are God's good creation. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are formed by his hand. We have his breath in our being. And God expects us to be separate from the world that we are in. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. God isn't about dividing, but he is about separating. God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament. Let there be this expanded extension. Let there be this firmament in the midst of the water and let it divide the waters from the waters. Even God didn't do that. He allowed the firmament that he created to bring that division. And, and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And here's, we are, here's where we're at. And God called the firmament heaven. And the evening 
and the morning were the second day. By the time we get into the second day, we already have this division, this separation between heaven and earth. We have this definition of what's been created, heaven and earth. And, and then we begin to understand as we look through the word of God that, <clears throat> that God has uh, a purpose and a place, this purpose for heaven, that the Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord's throne is in heaven. Psalm 11 verse 4. That heaven is the place where he dwells. It's where his authority rests. It's where his kingdom is. It's where his throne is. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Uh, that, that, that Isaiah had this vision of God in the heavenlies. But the heavenlies are this, are this thing that we would desire. Heaven is the place of power and heaven is the place of authority. Heaven is where we find his holy temple. But yet here we are on earth. Earth is the place of the fallen. Earth is the place of the failing. Earth would be deemed the place of the curse. Adam, 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 cursed is the ground for thy sake. And so Adam knows that humanity from the time of being birthed upon it until he was buried in it, we would deal with the curse of sin in this earth. That this world would be our battlefield, it's the make or break place. It's where eternity gets determined. Job said, man that is born of woman is a few, of a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. But it's this cursed earth that God will not let go of. He didn't pass off the deed and title. He didn't turn us over to our own devices. He didn't wash his hands of us. He didn't give us away. He didn't sell us off for ransom into this cursed ground and into this cursed life is where we find the beauty of God's blessing because God knew that the curse was on earth, but he didn't leave us that way. He knew that the curse could be counteracted with a blessing. He knew that if he would just release his hand to move and to work, that things would begin to change in the midst of the curse, that God create could create something wonderful and something beautiful and something bountiful that in the place where the curse worked that God could say I'm greater than the curse my hand can establish a work and my hand can move my word can do a work and release something powerful that that the earth even though we're living in it it is the Lord's and it's the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein for he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place he that hath clean hands and a pure heart who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity or sworn deceitfully he shall receive the blessing from the Lord that God has this opportunity that exists for this cursed world that the God with all of heaven's bounty at his disposal will release blessing our way. That we, we may have to live here, but we get to live here with God's blessing at work. When we woke up this morning, we were blessed. Come on, when you, before your feet hit the floor, God's blessing was already working in your life. <laughs> And if we're not careful, we can get dismayed. If we're not careful, we can begin to only see the negative. If we're, care if we're not careful, we, we can just kind of hunker in the bunker until Jesus comes. But that 
is not what God intended for us. And that is not what God definitely, that's not what he intended for his church. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to live in the blessing that God has for me. Scripture went on and said, in righteousness from the God of his salvation, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. This is the generation of them that seek him. I, I wonder if we could just for a moment. I, I feel like the Holy Ghost has come to help us tonight, but would we just take a moment and seek him? Because I think God is trying to talk. I won't be a long time tonight, but I believe that the Spirit is speaking in this room and that God is beginning to lay out the royal carpet for what he's about to do and and I just want us to prepare to receive what God has for us would every person just lift your hand for a moment and begin to seek him I wonder if we would just lift our voices for a minute come on this this is the generation of them that seek him as the deer pants after the water broke God so pants my soul after thee God we are hungry for you tonight we are longing for you tonight name of Jesus. Come on, I know sometimes heaven seems like it may just be brass and the earth is iron, but I wonder if we would just take a moment and come on, let's just, let's just seek what God has in store for us for a minute. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, there's something just waiting. It's, it's reserved until it's it's just waiting for the right season it's waiting until we're we're hungry for it until we're looking for it until we're ready to acknowledge it god can't release it but when we begin to acknowledge that god has something waiting that god has something in store when when we are ready to acknowledge that what we receive is what god has for us then then all of a sudden we open that divine connection there are times when we begin to look around and we begin to ask god how long lord how, how long un, until, how long un, until you return? How long until this all wraps up? How, how long until the prodigal comes home? How long until the healing happens? How, how long until the revival occurs? How long until, uh, <clears throat> how long until my raise? How long, how long until? There's just sometimes that, that it just feels like a long time. And there are seasons that God brings us in our life. But it's in those moments where we are looking more intently for an answer. And that's why God allows us into that season. There's sometimes when, when God has released blessing in our life and we fail to acknowledge it because we weren't aware how much we needed it. We, we weren't aware that, that we were just kind of going on our own way. We... We didn't realize how bad we needed what God gave us just in time because it came before, before we were able to really see where it was coming from. How many would say that God's been like that in my life? I, I've got bountiful blessings that, that probably I haven't acknowledged God for yet. It, it just came, it came before the need was so great that I was looking under every rock. It came before the need was so great that I, I just didn't really even see it. And sometimes when we turn around, we can see God's been ordering our steps and 
ordaining the path. It was in Jacob's most difficult season where he lays his head on the rock that has become his pillow. And in the midst of his dream, he has revelation of this connection between heaven and earth. It's in that moment, you know, Jacob could have lived off the blessings of his dad and lived on the blessings that he had received already. But it was in this season that was a difficult season where he was concerned for his life. He was concerned about Esau. It was in this season where he didn't know what was going to happen, that he was spiritually keen to hear the voice of God. And it's in that season where God realized, now I can talk to him. And Jacob goes to sleep, and in the midst of his dream, he sees that angelic connection. He sees divine intervention. He sees angels ascending and descending on that ladder. And he understands that that God that seemed so far above and that was so far removed in the heavens was really intimately concerned with where he was and that divine angelic messengers were constantly ascending and descending that word was going up and blessing was coming down that God was divinely connected what seems so far now all of a sudden was divinely connected the earth that seems so barren and empty away from God now had this divine connection a ladder that went from here to there. And, and, and Jacob understood, and the, it's there in the word to let us know that God is connected to exactly where we are. Whatever we're walking through, you don't have to worry. There's a ladder somewhere, and God is working on your behalf. There's an angel ascending and descending. You felt like you were all alone, and sometimes God just got to put us to sleep before we realize it. Or God releases a word in a moment like this so you can know that God knows exactly where you are. That the world that we live in that seems so far from that perfect heaven above is really divinely connected. Just tap your neighbor and tell him God knows where you are. I'll be the first to admit that we deal with much uncertainty and closer observation would tell us that in the midst of that uncertainty, there's always divine opportunity. It wasn't just the question marks going up the ladder. It was divine answer coming down. It wasn't just pain and heartache going up. It was God's answer. It was God's future. It was God's blessing coming down into Jacob's life. It, it was right there, that connection, the, the heaven that seemed so far was divinely connected to that earth where we all live. That there is divine opportunity that exists in the very moment that we are all in right now. And we can talk about personal needs and personal challenges and personal struggles. We can talk about family issues and we can talk about future and we can talk about finances and we can talk about all that and that all is part of this life that we live that's all part of where we are right now God knows exactly what we're walking through but he also wants us to acknowledge that there is this divine connection 
that there is divine opportunity that he is waiting for us to acknowledge. There is a window in heaven that can be opened. When the heavens are open, who, who can stop when God opens the heavens? There isn't any, we, we, we can pull our umbrella out. We can get our rain gutters installed. We can get our tarp roof. We can get whatever we've got to try and, and get, <clears throat> channel the rain. But none of us can stop the rain from falling. Because none of us, somehow in that natural element, God's allowing us to realize that there, there isn't anything that can stop the blessing when it begins to fall. If God opens the heavens, and we read about in scripture that the natural mirrors the supernatural, how that God would open the heavens and that rain that would come was significant of something supernatural that, that could occur. And when God opens the heavens, there isn't anyone that can stop it. There isn't anything that can arrest it. We can try and divert it. We can try and adjust it. We can try and contain it. But when God opens the heaven, when God, I mean God, God Almighty, the, the God that we sang about tonight, when he opens the heavens, then we are going to receive it. It's going to come into our life. It's going to come unprecedented. It's going to come in, in a way that we may not be able to manage it, but when when God opens the heavens, then, then we just got to get ready to receive it. When God opens the heavens, and, and somehow I want us to be aware that God is preparing to open something in the heavenly realm. So get ready to receive it. Get ready. I'm not, come on, I'm not preaching blab and grab, and I'm, I'm not preaching prosperity doctrine. But I am saying that God has a plan to open something in the supernatural that the devil can't get away from. He, he can't move it out of your life. It can only be released. It can only be contained. It can only be received when God opens the heavens but it's got to be opened it's got to be open what happens God can open it it's a latch that it's not a latch that we have our hand on his hand is on it it's not something that that we can uh, it's not a doorknob that we turn and and the door swings wide open it's it's something that God does when he chooses but but there are some indicators in scripture that that say that our actions can impact when God opens the window of heaven how how do we open that I want to open that window I want the heavens to get opened how do we do it obedience number one we got three points obedience opens the windows of heaven Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12 the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure the heaven to give the rain unto the land in his season and to bless all the work of thine hand and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. The Lord shall open. If you look that, that Hebrew word up, it means op to loosen, to break forth, to draw out, to let go free. That when the Lord loosens, when the Lord breaks forth, when the Lord draws it out and lets it go free, that, that something happens. It, it's an indicator in the, in, 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 there with the rain, but, but it says that in his season, that God has this season that, that we work in, it's a season of blessing. I, I feel like that there's some people personally that you've walked into your season, but what are we going to do? How are we going to release God to open that, that window? How is God going to open the heavens for us? The Bible says, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. If, so here's our key, if that thou hearken 
unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. Our obedience opens something in that season that God begins to release. Church family, I'm challenging us tonight that we live lives obedient to the word of God. There, there's blessings in it in our every day. There are, are blessings in obedience that follow us from the moment that we wake up until we pillow our head at night. But there's more than just something that comes from here. There's more. Obedience, obedience allows us to walk into the treasures that God has in store for us here. But there is something else. If that we hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, God could open the heavens. But there's blessing that, that, that exists here because of obedience. There are blessings because of how we live. There are blessings that we, we enjoy every single day. We, we walk in, in divine authority. We, we, we live under that umbrella of divine opportunity. We, we live there daily when we're in obedience to the word of God. We, we get to have divine lift. We have redemptive lift. That's what, that's what we like to call it, redemptive lift. That It just elevates everything around us. It elevates our families and it elevates us in our workplace just by because we are obedient to the word of God. It impacts this horizontal relationship with humanity. It impacts our relationship with one another. But, but can I just say that it also opens something in the supernatural realm. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, that is what that's when it said the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. And if God opens his good treasure, whoo! I never had to have a safety deposit box. There isn't one thing that I've got that's more valuable than that $30 a month fee. That would be a depreciating asset. There isn't, I, I remember people saying, well, I've, I've got it in the safety deposit box. I've never once told Kathy, we need to put that in a safety deposit box. I mean, take care of it for sure. Be mindful of it. Be aware of it. Stick it in a sock in the top drawer. Maybe. Never, never, never more valuable. More, never had to have a safety deposit. Never, never had treasure like that. But, but I'm telling you that if, if the scripture talks to us and it says that, that the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven. When the heavens are open. And the treasure that God has in store for us gets open. None of us can, can even identify that right now until we walk into that place of obedience. And all of a sudden, we begin to see God's good treasure coming into our lives. And that may not even be anything financially. It may not, it may not be resources that we can even understand. It may be souls that are coming into the kingdom. That's treasure. Come on, that's opportunity when, when God begins to give you favor with, with people and with, with our city. And, uh, and when God begins to open doors of opportunity, when God opens unto us the good treasure, then when God opens, can I, can I just get that? Did I, did I say that yet? When God opens it, the door that we couldn't open swings open automatically. Come on, it happened for Paul in prison that, that 
the door just swung open, the Bible says, of its own accord, uh, automatically that the door just swung open. When God opens the door, there isn't a man that could shut it. When God opens the door to his good treasure, when God opens the heavenlies and he begins to release it, let me tell you, you'll be thankful, you'll be grateful because of the obedience that we walked in. It opened the window of heaven. Obedience opens the windows of heaven. Number two, giving. Giving opens the windows of heaven. Malachi 3 and verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That's what we're talking about. That the blessing that God has in store for us is too great for us to receive. That when we acknowledge God's plan and we acknowledge God's providence, that's what tithing is. Tithing is trusting. Tithing is believing that my 90% goes further than my 100%. Because my 90% that I live on after I give God that 10% of all my increase opens up the storehouses of heaven. That we, we can get so focused on this earth, that, that place of bondage and that place, come on, that place of curse. Is that where we want to lay up treasure? Uh-uh. That's not what we want. But, but when we begin to walk into God's providence, we bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And I'm not shooting at anything tonight. This was, I, I was studying the windows of heaven and this one was there. So I'm just bringing you the mail. We, we are so grateful. We are grateful. We are tracking right now for another, another year where we're going to celebrate the greatest giving year that we've ever had. Thank God and thank you. But here's what happens is that as we are faithful with giving, it's not the natural storehouse that we open up. It's the heavenly storehouse that we open. When the heavens are open, then there's blessing that we can't contain. When the heavens are open, then, then all of a sudden that, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. When the heavens are open, there wasn't a storehouse that we built big enough. When the heavens are open, because when we give into God's kingdom, it comes back. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's the only time that God said to prove him. We're not talking about giving tonight to get anything from you. We're talking about giving to release something for you. How many times have we, can I, can I just give you a natural story? I remember when, when we were here 20 years ago and this property that borders the church, how that we were able to uh, work out an agreement with the property owners and Pastor Woodward, uh, he's just such a, a great delegate to get in a room with someone and he can talk about uh, vision and he can talk about burden, he can explained the reasons why, and, and he did. He sat down with the owners of the property and explained to them where we see the church going into the future and, and what we would desire to do with it and, and that it, it would allow us to, to create the perimeter around us and pick our neighbors and all those kinds of things. He just has a way with words, doesn't he? And I remember that we were excited and we had the opportunity, I, and, and the purchase was already in play by the time I got here. It was... It was uh, an agreement that we had made with the property owners and and uh, that the purchase price was to be divided into three in the installments. So we were one-third of the way through the installments the year that I got here. 
And before the end of that year, I, I, if I remember correctly, that, that land was paid for. And so when that property was paid for, you know, we had talked to the Bible college, Brother Scott, about, about the opportunity of, of, of maybe the school having a place to build. And so we, uh, we talked to the, I think it was the, the NCC board, and we talked about giving them that five acres of property. And we got this sub, <coughs> the sub, the, them in to subdivide the property, and the surveyor came in and pushed the pins in the ground and <coughs> took the measurements, and, and we had bought 40 acres. And we were given the Bible College five acres. And, uh, and so the surveyor came back with the report. And he said, well, the property is 45 acres. And so we got, we bought 40 acres, gave away five acres, and got 40 acres. <laughs> that, that's divine math. Don't, don't try and get, who's it, who is it that was just here that said they were in advanced math? Brother Romani. Yeah, I wasn't in advanced math. That, I like, that's the advanced math that I like. That's kingdom advanced math. That when you give, it comes back, pressed down, shaken together. And, and so we had the opportunity to, to be a blessing. And, and we got 40 acres, the 40 acres we bought. That's the way that God works. That's, that's just God's promises. Given, it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together. It's kingdom opportunity. What, what happens is that when we, when we begin to give into God's kingdom, it opens not this natural door because the natural door would say 35 acres is what's left, but the divine heavenly door says 40 acres is what's left. Why? Because that door got open, and when the heavens are open, there isn't anything that can stop God's blessing. There shall not be room enough to receive it. I, I am so grateful that we get to test him and try him and prove him. We can come back to the music tonight. If God opens the window, no man can shut it. If God opens the window, nothing can stop it. If God opens the window, if the heavens are opened by him, get ready to receive it. God will take you through seasons to test you, but it's only so that you can prove him. I'll say that again. God will take you through seasons to test you, but it's only so you can prove him. Let me try that one more time. God will take you through seasons to test you, but it's only so you can prove him. In a world that loves the process of tried Trial and error, we have found God to be tried and true. He is faithful. And number three, faith opens the windows of heaven. In the midst of <clears throat> the worst seasons of life are the times when heaven is ready to be open. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. It was 2 Kings chapter 7. The famine is in the land. The king is coming for Elijah's head. And the man of God makes this impossible declaration. They're coming, remember, they're coming for his head. And Elisha bars the door so that he can't be killed. 
and his head carried on a platter and and he hollers out through the door to the servant of the king who's come to take his life he said hear ye the word of the Lord thus saith the Lord tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria and the Lord on whose the whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said behold if the Lord would make windows in heaven might this thing be the prophet responds he said behold thou shalt see it with thine eyes but thou shalt not eat thereof you see there's even some doubt that God has any window at all but the further and the worse that this whole thing gets, the more I feel like the blessing is inevitably coming. My challenge tonight is that we not get lost in the land called doubt. In the land of doubt, we go in circles and we try and find ourselves because we're not relying on the Word of God. And when the word of God comes and it's declared our response, when God's blessing is prepared in the heavenlies, our response can be, if the Lord would make windows of heaven, might this thing be? We refuse to acknowledge God's work, God's plan, God's intention. We refuse to, to remember that God has promised some pretty powerful things for this end time. But yet we can get so lost here in this land of doubt walking through this world below that we forget that we are connected and we forget that there is divine opportunity waiting that there is divine opportunity banked in heaven it's coming but we've got to remember that faith opens that door I don't want to I don't want to miss the opportunity I want I don't want to miss the moment because we, we end up walking by people that that need our, a word from God or we end up walking by people that need what we've got because we refuse to acknowledge that the window is about to be open. The window of heaven is going to be open, CCC. You might as well get ready to have to slide sideways. You might as well get ready to, to not be able to sit in your seat unless you get here good and early. You might as well get ready that the balcony is going to be filled. And it's going to be noisy with people clomping up and down the stairs. You, you may as well, come on, we, we may as well get ready for it be, because the windows of heaven, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a human window, it's a heavenly window. If it was a human window, we can organize and, and we're smart enough that we could create a way that we could get it open. But it's not a human window and that's what frustrates us. Because a heavenly window, we've got to rely on a heavenly God. A heavenly window means we've got we've to anticipate, and, and that's, what, that's just kind of where we're going to land tonight. We need to let hope rise in our spirit. Don't get lost in this land of doubt. You, you need to let anticipation guide you. Anticipation makes you live different. You know, we are living in a world that's struggling with anxiety. Anxiety is the expectation of the unwanted. Anxiety is living in the realm of the uncertain. That's what anxiety is. Anxiety is when you, you are scared of what's going to happen next. Anxiety is because of what you've experienced, your, 
you're not wanting the future to come into your life. Anxiety is living in the realm of the uncertain, but anticipation is when you are excited for what God has in store. It's two different things, and I, I'm, I'm beginning to realize and I'm beginning to see that the enemy is, is allowing anxiety to become the cornerstone of this generation. Because if he can keep you living in a place of anxiety, I'm not saying it's not real, but I'm saying the enemy is using it to his full advantage. And if the enemy can allow you to live in that place of anxiety, then you will never live in the place of anticipation. You will never step out into the realm of faith believing that God has something in store in the heavenly realm for you because, because anxiety robs you of that opportunity. But when you live with anticipation that God is going to do something great, when you live with the anticipation that revival could occur today, when you live with anticipation that someone may be baptized that I know today, when you live with anticipation Anticipation that healing's gonna happen when you pray for someone in your workstation, when when you believe that God is gonna fill somebody that you've been working with with the Holy Ghost, when we get some anticipation going when you're anticipating God I'm getting ready for it I, I'm getting excited about it I'm preparing for it I make room make room make room get ready get ready get ready that's anticipation why because in the last days saith God I will pour my spirit out on all flesh so I'm anticipating it I'm looking for it I'm watching for it I'm listening for it I'm praying for it We may as well stand together. I'm finishing. Don't live in that place of anxiety. Allow God, the peace of God which passes all understanding. Philippians 4.7 shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Turn it over to Him and anticipate what God is going to do. Anticipate it. Anticipate it, expect it, have faith to believe it. Don't be the someone saying, I don't believe it's going to happen. Don't be the someone that's saying, if God would make windows into heaven, could that thing be? Could that thing be in this world? Uh-uh, you know what? I'm praying it. I'm believing it. God, God, when you open the windows, God, when you open that heavenly realm, God, we are going to see some powerful things. We're going to see the gifts of the Spirit in operation. We're going to see something released in the supernatural realm. We're going to watch healings happen when people pull on the parking lot. They may not even make it in the building, but God, you're going to work. I'm anticipating it. I wish someone would just lift both hands and begin to dream with me for a moment because the heavens have a ladder connected and angels are ascending and descending. It's time to dream big, CCC. It's time to dream with anticipation. It's time to excuse anxiety. It's time to push it out the back door and say, I'm living in that realm of anticipation. God, what are you going to do next? God, who are you going to save next? Who are you going to reach next? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, pray into that for a moment. God, we're looking for your promise. God, we're looking for revival. We're looking for outpouring. God, we're looking on the horizon. We've prayed six times, but we're praying the seventh time. We're looking for a cloud the size of a man's hand because that's all we need in this end time. We just need a little. 
opening in the heaven. We just need a little promise of what you're going to do. And we're going to latch onto it. We're going to get before the chariot. We're going to begin to run because I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. God, it's coming. It's on the horizon. It's beginning to break up in the supernatural. You're beginning to open it up. I hear. God, I hear it. I hear it breaking. I hear I hear thunder rolling. The lightning is flashing. It's coming. We may as well get ready for it. God, let there be an outpouring. Let there be a downpour. Let there be a deluge. God, let there be a ladder and a former rain together. Let it happen. We're anticipating. Do it, God. Do it. Come on, pray into that for a moment. God, do it in my neighborhood. God, do it in my workplace. God, do it in my community. one more step it's 802 p.m. we got we got five minutes to pray into that we got five minutes to seed the soil of our spirits with what God has delivered by his word tonight we got a few moments for that we got a few moments to say it's greater God the, the latter is going to be greater than the former God will be the head and not the tail we will be above and not beneath we're laying claim to those promises tonight let courage rise in our spirits God we push back we press back every lie of the enemy God every doubt we dismiss it God we catalog your goodness your greatness God we begin to release your word over broken lives over broken homes God over broken humanity move on the face God of our community move over the face of our city God see the formlessness see the void and would you move God move God move let heaven come to earth and move God let that window be opened up let that that ladder be connected God move move with your majesty and move with your might move with your ability God move with your abundance move move open the window of heaven tonight Jesus we're praying we're praying for it would someone just clap hands if you believe that God is going to do it come on don't be don't need no doubters in the room tonight just need some believers that are got, got a hold of it just need a believer that said it's going to happen I see the cloud the size of a man's hand tonight. I see it. Grab a hold of someone nearby. Let's pray together as we begin to close. I want us to take it with us. I want us to believe it's going to happen this weekend. Someone believe with me. Someone believe that children are going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe that our Sunday school department is going to grow. We've got great teachers and great leaders, but, but God, we're praying that lives and eternities would be impacted by what you're going to do this weekend. God, we release your word 
God, we release your anointing on Brother Moorhead, I pray. God, I pray your anointing over every song. I pray your anointing over every family. I ask Jesus in your name, move and minister. thank God for what he's going to do. Lord, we bless your name. We praise you, almighty God. Restorer, would you restore? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Someone shout amen. Amen to the word. It's so good to have everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. It's been good. It's been good just to be together. I believe that as we believe together, if any two or three agree, it's going to happen. Todd, I saw your video. It's going to happen. So say amen. You're dismissed tonight. We love you all very much.